Your company's overall performance depends on having the best information. We are connected to the most amazing network of professionals. It's not just about what you know, it's about having access to the right team for the given situation. I am Warren Spiewak. And I'm Drew Addison. Risk, strategy, marketing, and operations. Welcome to Ahead of the Game. Hey, hey, we're here. I am sitting right next to Drew Addison, my co-host, my esteemed co-host. And look who he brought in. He's got Yvonne Addison, who is a contractor. She's got a really interesting background. I got to start out with you, Drew, before we get to Yvonne. Why is Yvonne qualified to be sitting here at our table? Well, I mean, I can tell you from a personal perspective that uh, she's definitely the brains and I'm the brawn. <laughs> but, uh, you know, today I was I thought it would be really great to get Yvonne's perspective on explaining the foundation of starting a business and what contractors and other business owners should really consider when they're like, you know what, I'm going to start this company. And, you know, not just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, but actually having a process. Yeah, you know, so Yvonne, I'm giving you a hard time. I've seen a lot of what you've done. I was at your Kendra Scott event. I mean, that was major tables, major people. This was pre-COVID. I was astounded at the success of that event, the way it was structured. And so I don't question at all your ability to manage a business, to be able to manage these projects. But construction, really? I mean, aren't you supposed to be an engineer? Oh, yes. Well, that's my background. I'm a people person, but I have a technical background oh, yeah, uh, right. in engineering. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, that is a unique thing because most engineers, you know, are, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say most because I've You don't want to pigeonhole the no, whole community. I'm going to piss off every engineer out there. No, let me tell you, I know there's a lot of proof out there that validates a majority of billionaires are engineers. They are people that are professionals in the engineering industry, which I always associate that with you guys like to look at patterns, your mathematics when you see something works you double down so it is interesting that that's your background and somehow through all of your nonprofit work and everything you've done um, that you are like in this position where you've experienced what it's like to put the pieces together for a successful company yeah it's been uh, I feel like all of the paths I've taken um, and the opportunities that have come my way have really helped me grow personally and professionally and navigate my way to where I am today and be able to kind of bring these great tools all together and get started in a way that's setting ourselves up for success. All right, well, before we get started, I want to say, so Drew, you've kind of, I don't, I'm going to use the word, you've bragged a lot about your wife, but a lot of our listeners may not know what her background is. Do you mind just doing like her life story in three or four minutes or yeah. less? I'll try to condense everything because it's a lot. Now, uh, you know, Yvonne is, has really been an inspiration for me from a networking standpoint, just see, you know, her outreach and constant desire to grow and get involved. You know, Yvonne started out as a mechanical engineer for an aerospace company uh, here in San Antonio. From there, you know, she wanted to broaden her education, uh, went and got her PMP uh, master's certificate and then took it a step further and went and got her MBA through the executive MBA program at UTSA, um, which to me is, is a, a great foundation from a all operations level of, a, of, of running a business. She's been the president of the Junior League of San Antonio, current president of UTSA Alumni Association. Um, you know, she, there was even a, a time period where she was building out an online magazine called The Young San Antonian that basically connected all of the young professional groups 
to advertise their events and, and get them involved. Really, you know, again, you know, her, the, the amount of energy that she's put into building herself, her network and her brand and everything that she does is very, was very inspiring to me. So, you know, there's a, a lot that I have learned along the way, especially when it comes to getting involved, whether it be through association or, or anything else. And then also, you know, the, that fire of growing through education as well. I think it's fair to say that, you know, I, I went back to school and, and finished school because Yvonne was my champion in that and getting me to, uh, I guess, back on track to get it done. And I was able to get back and, and finish it up, you know. So, I mean, it's, it, it's it, in my opinion, you know, for, for the topic that, that we're, topics we're going over today, it's, She's it's, qualified, it's a good one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So Yvonne, before we get started, I know we're going to get into a lot of resources that you're aware of, things that you've learned along the way, and we're even going to be talking about financially how these businesses can pivot if they need to, or if they can leverage if they have to, and really for the whole reason of growing and expanding their business. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. Let's do it. It's great to have you here. Uh, just a fun fact that I've heard, and I think it's been verified is that a majority of the world's billionaires are engineers because you guys really are the ones that see patterns, you really pay attention to things. There's a whole process that you've been through to put your feet on the ground as a contractor, talking about things not just in project management, but really the behind the scenes parts of, of winning business, if you will, in the bidding world and kind of having your game to where companies like an HEB would actually come across your desk and, 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 and catch attention. Yeah, it's been an interesting process, uh, no doubt, um, going from an engineering, I always think of myself of, you know, I can, I can think about who I was before I went to school to become an engineer and who I became after that because it really does train your brain to think in ways and look at the world in a much different perspective, which lends itself to the type of roles you see, you know, in companies where it's, the leadership roles really require people to be, to have an eye for problem solving, being creative, creating collaborative ways to, to solve those problems. And a lot of times doing it with the emotion removed. And so I, I, Andrew always gives me, jokes to me like, oh, that, that guy's definitely the engineer mentality, you know, engineer attitude. Um, and I've always described myself as a people person with a technical background because mm -hmm. I do enjoy the relationship building and and the networking and the socialization of, of, of what I do, but understanding that I can also talk shop, right? I can speak to the technical aspects of whatever it is that we're discussing. So. Which I love you say that because <laughs> communication is so vital. And I think that's what we're going to get into today. I know we're going to talk about giving some real advice to a contractor, the things to think about how to grow their business. But communication, whether it's talking about a safety plan or putting in a bid, this is a big part of your business. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I've I've really learned to to lean on, and, and Andrew and I were discussing, you know, what it was like. He mentioned, you know, going from for profit to nonprofit to for profit, and and what are some of the things that I garnered from those experiences. Um, it's really, you know, one, I'm, you know, you hear that, that saying to leave your ego at the door, especially when you're coming in and, and wanting to stand up a, a company on, on your own. And it's becoming essentially an extension of you as a person. One of the things that I've really, uh, learned to, um, 
uh, count on is building a team around you that you can lean on, that brings in that expertise that you you may lack or where your weaknesses are, um, and and then empowering them to bring the information that you need, giving them the the tools and the resources and support they need to go out and do the amazing things that they do. And then and then when they come back and, and they're providing guidance, listening to them and really taking heed of what they're saying and what they're advising you on. Um, and I know that can feel, it, it can feel strange when if you're you're saying, well, this is my company. I will make the decision. You know, I'm going to make the decisions. But you don't always know everything. I don't know everything there is to know about plumbing. I don't know everything there is to know about laying concrete. But I'm going to bring those people on board because they're the experts and they can really help us be successful. Yeah. Well, and talk about a, li- a little bit about you know the, you had mentioned earlier that you know the engineering personality is really numbers driven. It's very matter of fact, right? So uh, removing a lot, a lot of the personal. I don't know, emotion out of the decision making, right? So then you go into being the president of the junior league where emotion is a very big component of that leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you how do you manage that? Like, how, what was that like? And have you adopted any of that emotional charge to your decision making? Yeah, so it definitely was a, a different perspective because it's a volunteer organization. Nobody gets paid to be there. But you've got, you know, a board of directors of of high-performing professionals. I mean, these women are leaders in their own right, whether it's professionally or in other organizations they're a part of. And so they're all bringing, you know, their their best heart forward because they want to see the organization be successful. And a lot of that can, can feel very, you know, stressful and you want to make good decisions. And, you know, they're leading their own large groups within our organization. Um, we've got, you know, over a thousand members and, and several hundred active members who are doing projects uh, on the uh, on the you know regular day in and day out and one of the things that I've learned as a leader um, is to to provide them the type of support that they're looking for and so when we run into challenges I I need to understand you know is, is somebody coming to me with the need for sympathy because they they've got an issue they they just really need to get off of their chest or are they looking for solutions Do, are they coming to me to help move that wall out of the way and i've learned that being able to recognize the where they're coming from really gives me the ability to to address it in the way because sometimes you just need to be the shoulder to cry on but if you're there telling them well here here's what you got to do you got to do this do that 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 can be that can feel frustrating for them and really feel like you maybe you're not really hearing what they're what they're saying mm-hmm. um, and then you know on that flip side you know just saying oh it'll be okay but they're really saying no Yvonne like I need a solution mm-hmm. I need help I need you to help me get over this so this brings up like a really interesting topic to me which is like just in the last two questions here we have one where we're talking about an entrepreneur a contractor acknowledging not that it's their weakness, but just not their strengths, where they could use an outside help, right? How to really leverage other people or a partner or, or a, maybe a, a teammate in order to like counterbalance uh, their business as a whole, because there are things, we see this a lot even uh, with the Robinson uh, interview where you had a husband-wife team and their talents complement each other. And if you don't have that husband-wife team, well, then what's the next thing you do? You find a consultant, a professional, someone that has an expertise in what you're looking for. Then on the flip side, um, what you're talking about is the ability to talk through and walk through whatever your 
confinement might be at the time with your business and having a, a sounding board, if you will, not just to like give you the answers, but to kind of acknowledge where do you need to invest your energy next? What would you say in relation to all of that with your business, with where you've come, where you've strategically tried to, to, to be proactive in avoiding a lot of problems that you've seen out there? What were some of the steps that you took when you launched Addison Prime to kind of think of as they, as they move forward? Sure. Yeah. So there. So two big things, really, um, or or where I wanted to focus on. One is how do you get started? What resources are out there to get the bones of a company going? Um, I found a lot of really great support through the UTSA Small Business Development Center. They have some wonderful uh, training seminars. Some are free. Some are at a very minimal cost. I've been able to participate in ones that were in person before the pandemic, and they've since continue to host them virtually, which I've also um, continued to, to participate on uh, as I've needed to, you know, kind of bolster my knowledge on a particular area. Um, it's been very, very helpful. Uh, they also offer other more uh, specific support to minority business owners and even government contracting provide support there and they can help you um, with some of the the key things of getting your business going whether it's your business plan or um, looking at doing market research things like that that they're a great resource and then the other side of it was the financial aspect right and so you know people think oh I'm I need you know I need to go get a business loan right away I need a hundred thousand dollars before I can even get started and that's not necessarily the key the 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 thing that you need to do it's really just kind of taking a step back and looking at again who can who can be a good sounding board or somebody to reach out to and and help you navigate that part of it because the last thing you want to do is get yourself into unnecessary debt if you don't have a real clear plan of how you're going to get out of that debt so so those two factors really was where i spent a lot of my my time and i think that dials into the importance of a business plan Right. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, and it, it seems to be coming up more and more. And I think that we're going to see it a lot more where general contractors or owners of projects are going to have, that's going to be a requirement, right, to submit. It's going to be part of the prequal process is, you know, we need to see a business plan and we need to see, you know, what, what work have you done? And then at the very least, what it's going to do is, is show that you have your stuff together and you're willing to take that time to work on your business and work on yourself. You know, because if, if you're if you're going to put that much work in yourself, then they can they feel a little bit better that you're going to do good work on the work they need you to do, right? So that's one of the main drivers of it. And you know, the developing a, a business plan, you know, there's a thousand ways that you can do it, and you know, one quick Google search will show you every single way and the templates that are available, all of that. But at the end of the day, you know, you can follow any one of the templates. And you, regardless of what you use, you can put together a good business plan, but you still got to do the research and the work yourself to put together something that's got good content that's going to help you. And, you know, it's not just about putting the, putting the business plan together. Okay, check. Now I can submit it for a bid. The idea of the business plan is to provide you as a leader something to go back on and say, hey, you know, this is what I told myself I was going to do and I got to hold myself to it. You know, when you put that stuff down in writing, you really should take it to heart. It's not just to do it, just to do it. Some of the most successful contractors that I know do an annual business plan and the, the amount of work and research that they put into that, 
it blows anything out of the water as far as you know what it, when it comes to actual structure and developing of a company and it's smart smart growth and smart structure you know i mean that's that's really the key yvonne touched on a little bit was the utsa small business development center uh, which is great yvonne actually just happens to be the president of the utsa alumni association this year as well and and looking at that and you, you touched a little bit of, about some of the classes that, that are involved from a contractor level was there any support on on um, business plan development or anything else like that, that that are offered? And you know, what would they do to help? Oh yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, if you're interested in getting um, more support through something like this, the UTSA Small Business Development Center, um, they do offer one-on-one advising support. What they what they would like for you to uh, attend a couple of the training sessions, just so you can get your feet wet and you can kind of understand the broader uh, services they provide there, and then you'll get assigned uh, an business advisor. And when I met with him on a couple of occasions, um, as we were getting going, you know, he was really instrumental in asking me, okay, what information do you need? What support do you need for your business plan? Let me see what I can do to get that for you. And uh, for me, the one of the the challenges that I had was I, I didn't know really where to start when it came to who are my competitors and what does the market look like? And so they've got some wonderful tools that they can really um, narrow down and focus and do great searches for you based on what it is your your what your service is what your product is um, and what's out there already uh, and in resources even to connect with some of those um, who could serve as potentially mentors to you as a business you know i mean um that was one of the things that that i thought was very eye-opening was you know their encouragement of of saying hey you know we 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 know some of these businesses that you're you want to get involved in this type of industry we can connect you to them they would serve as great mentors and would be happy to advise you so it's interesting to see that even other even maybe you would consider a competitor would be willing to provide expertise and help you get the ground get off the ground as well so i thought that was very fascinating it is and you see that you see that happen in the angel space you see that happen where when people are truly successful and they know that they've been through hard times and they've overcome a lot of obstacles, it's almost like when you see the up-and-comers, you would like to share with them, mentor them, or just share information that helps them navigate the life of being not just an entrepreneur, but in the construction, uh, in the construction world. Well, let, let, let's talk about a few other things because like one of the things that I would imagine if you're a contractor, whether you're a GC or sub doing whatever there's this thing that happens where as your business is growing and you're trying to basically you're you now have capacity and you want to expand demand right you want to be able to go bid on bigger projects but then you have people that are asking you for things like yeah who you know who are your supervisory team or they're talking about when it gets to government work what those proposals need to look like how do you look competitive what differentiates you or or even just like safety plans. If, I, if I'm a roofer and somebody wants to get into safety plans, that's not really my forte. And depending on who your insurance agent is, which, yeah, there's, there's folks like us, we've got the risk management side of things, but a lot of entrepreneurs don't, might not know of these capabilities. How have you found that this whole part of what a contractor really needs to be considering and thinking about, how have you kind of taken all of what you know and strategized the future of Addison Prime? Yeah, so um, one of the things that I have 
found to be sort of double rewarding is some of the proposals, uh, requirements that I've come across and the different bid opportunities um, that we're, we're tackling do require a bit more sophisticated documentation of the way that your company operates. Um, like you mentioned, safety plans. Um, I, I came across one um, that the vendor requirements asked you to submit an affirmative action plan. Well, whoa, I've never seen that before, and I don't know what that is, but I'm going to go do some research and kind of figure out what, what support I can find out there. And obviously, you know, get some guidance um, from, from some, you know, friendly, fr- friendly competitors that I, that I have in my back pocket that can be a good sounding board. But um, so it's not only that you're going after, you're building these, these documents that you're submitting to hopefully win a project, but it's also helping you strengthen those documents that you need for your business in itself. And that really, again, tying back to something like the business plan, that's where you can identify, okay, these are key components of our operation structure and, um, you know, we have a safety plan. We, this is how we manage our risks. Um, we have, you know, an HR policies and procedures and and they can be you can start off very simply with these things i mean if you don't if you're just a company of one or two people you still need to have you know some some small hr policies and procedures in place to help you get started but you don't need to go put together a document that would be a company who has hundreds of employees it's it doesn't need to get to that extreme but it it it's a place for you to start and then as you grow you also will need to start growing those types of of supporting um, documents and things within your company and a business plan is a great sort of what I call what I would consider like an index of all of those things that you've been building in the background that you know you kind of need to keep up with as you as you um, move year to year so I was just gonna say so Drew like here it is like we're I don't know how far we are in the interview but there's this kind of plethora of experience that Yvonne has. I mean, you being where you're at, doing so much with so many contractors, and you really have a chance to interact not just with them on a personal level, but you also, there's a big accounting component to what you do professionally. What have you seen that you and Yvonne have interacted with each other as far as strategy for your business and for the idea of making sure Addison Prime is in those positions where you guys look favorable. So, of course, you know, the, the experience that I have in working with contractors, you know, on the surety side, I have been able to witness some of the pitfalls and the hurdles that these contractors face. So um, I'm able to outline a lot of that for, for Yvonne and be able to let her know what the foundation needs, what it needs to look like before we step into any sort of arena when it comes to lines of credit or, or the jumping into surety for the first time. Um, so we, we do sit down, we work together, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to give her some real world experience that I've had in working with contractors, especially when it comes to development. And uh, I know that her um, lead, you know, leadership expertise, technical expertise, project management expertise is, is really great. You know, obviously I want her to have everything in line to where her company is protected and she's protected going out there. So. You know, my, my depth and experience in working with contractors has definitely helped us on that front. Now, what's been interesting and what has kind of got me really kind of excited to have this conversation about the business plan is we actually did a, a an exercise with uh, uh, some, of, some of my team here at IBTX. And the, the goal of the, com- of the meeting was 
put together your personal mission statement, put together your personal vision statement, and you get kudo points for three core principles, right? And it's really interesting to see the dynamic of each individual person on how they built those out. And I think that, you know, when, when people see a mission statement, it's short, some of them are short and sweet and to the point, but you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into those. And, you know, like Yvonne had said, in, in building your business plan, all the different layers of it, you, you can look through the structure. So SBA on their website has a really great layout on what you need to have included on your, on your business plan. And you can go through what the structure is and bullet point the individual pieces that you need to work on. Now, the first step is, is creating an executive summary, um, which ultimately is somewhat of an, an extended vision statement, right? So uh, you're really basically telling what your company is and how you see that it's going to be successful moving forward. So it's going to include your mission statement. It's going to include what your product or your service is and uh, basic information about your company's leadership its employees, its location. And then you also want to include some really high level financial information because you want to be able to utilize your business plan, not only for yourself and leading your company, but also for presentation to banks and surety companies and any other financial aspect that, that you, you find your, your business in, whether you're going after grants or loans or whatever, right? So, you know, it, it's important to kind of dig into that. And from a financial level, you know, getting her, getting Yvonne plugged into the right CPA from the start is extremely helpful. Somebody we can we can bounce questions off of. How should we structure the the financial statement coming out? You know, make sure everything is reporting the way that it needs to. Make sure that we're doing percentage of completion accounting from the start. So, you know, that paper trail is very very key. And so then you know, it, it, and Yvonne building out the rest of it that that's her forte, right? And, you know, it, it is, it is, it can be pretty difficult to put together your mission statement, you know, yeah. and uh, especially if you're a new company, right? You know, well, you know, I, I have a vision in my mind that, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to do some plumbing work, some finish out work and, you know, see where it goes. Well, I mean, that, that's, you know, from a very high level goal oriented statement, that's, that's a statement, but it's not exactly a plan. Right. So, um, you know, I think the, 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 what the, the value that Yvonne brings in, into her, her, her leadership role for, for Addison Prime, from what I've seen, really is relying on her experience across all, all boards. Right. So, whether that be from the engineering side, nonprofit side, you know, I, she pulls from all of it. And, you know, so she spoke about market analysis. You know, look, I, th I, I strongly advise any small business, construction or not construction, you know, the, the, the small business development center, and, and it's not just in San Antonio, I'm sure that there's plenty in Houston and Dallas and, or wherever that you're at, um, reach out to that resource. A lot of times, you know, they offer it for free or at a very low cost, like Yvonne had mentioned. And, you know, when, when it comes to market analysis, pulling that data, making sense of that data, after you bullet point all this stuff, that you need for your business plan, they can help you kind of put all that stuff together. And that's really the key. And it's, it's laying the foundation. And, you know, so, so, so many like to jump out at 100 miles an hour and they, they throw a number out, like, I need to get a $100,000 line of credit. Okay, well, why? You know, what, what are you going to do with that $100,000? Oh, well, I mean, it just sounded good. <laughs> right. So and what the bank wants to see is a plan. Right. So uh, no, normally it's a it's a bit of a red flag to any sort of commercial lender of, you know, 
hey, John, I need a $100,000 line of credit. And the first question, like I said, is why? And if you can't answer it, or if you don't have a, a business plan to answer that, then the odds of securing that loan are... So that, that's interesting, because when you think about it, um, you know, when you have an entity, you know, a lot of times just the way a contractor pays themselves is a formula that sometimes they need help with to know how do you feed your baby, if you will, for the, the business while you're taking care of overhead and wanting to make more money yourself. We hear a lot sometimes about being thrifty so that your business is strong. But we all can imagine what it's like when you're going, you know what, if I had this much equipment or if I had these extra bodies or if I had this, and, and I'm talking about things that cost money. If I had these, I could grow my business. I could make a move. But you can't do that without philosophically like thinking ahead and being able to sketch this out. And it sounds like, Yvonne, like part of all of this experience that you've had is just that. It's about taking not just throwing a number out there and going like, hey, this is how much money I need, but really like creating that strategy, that plan, that, that almost uh, subjective part of a loan process where you're meeting with a banker or a business partner and you're being able to show them, if we do this, then this will happen. Let's talk about credit because there are people out there that are going like, Drew, I don't even care what you're talking about, a $100,000 loan. No one's going to give it to me or I don't know how they ever would. And Yvonne, with your expertise and like, from what I understand, you have a very tedious way that you manage your own personal credit to be positioned for growth. Yeah, so for years, I've been pretty diligent about um, tracking my, my credit history. Um, it's one of those things that follows you everywhere. It's never going to go away. <laughs> you can't wish it away. You can't pay it away. Um, it, it's, oh, it's always going to be there. And, and so you got to you, you got to water it. You got to treat it, you know, with love and care and keep an eye on it. And make sure, you know, it, it's doing what it needs to do to work for you. And if, you know, I've come across several people who say, you know, we talk about credit and there's like, well, I, I don't know what my credit score is. I'm sure it's fine, you know. And, and you really don't know until you go and pull the information and, and get it for yourself to see where you're starting. And that, that's really the, at the end of the day, you need to know what, where, where do you start? You know, where, what does my credit look like today? What is my credit report saying? Um, you'll be surprised how many um, inaccuracies there are on people's credit reports. Um, I have come across them myself that I've had to have corrected um, because these things just pop up through, unfortunately, you know, the dark side of, of hacking and then stealing p personal identification and, and things like that. These little things can pop up. So you really want to get a handle on those and get them taken care of. Um, there's a lot of great resources uh, that will help you with that. Um, one of the things that if you're looking for a place to start, if you have credit um, either loans or credit uh, cards is go to those lending institutions. They, a lot of times they have the uh, support that can help you um, look, you know, pull your credit report. Um, they can help you do that for at no cost. They can, um, you can also get access to pulling your credit score. Now there is a difference. Your credit report highlights the detail of your credit history and the credit score is what you hear a lot of, you know, oh, it's the credit score they look at, credit score. Um, there are three uh, major credit scoring entities. So your credit score can be 
one of three different numbers. Um, and so it's important to know what those look like. Um, and usually those there, there's a small minimal cost to, to getting that information. But then your your lender has tracking mechanisms you can sign up for. Um, I through through one of our credit co- credit card lenders, um, they have a, a credit monitoring program that you can you can sign up for. It's no cost to us because we are a paying customer of theirs. Um, and I can see my credit score once a week. I can see it. I can look at what it's changed to um, based on our you know credit management practices. And um, and, and so I think it's getting that initial information to see where you start and then leaning on those resources if you need help to get yourself on track. And it really, it, it does take a little bit of time because it doesn't change overnight. You're not going to change your credit score within a week. But before you know it, after a couple of months and, you know, a year later, your credit score is, you know, 10 times better than where it was um, just a year before but you know it's it you're helping correct any kind of negative history you or practices you may have have incurred you know in prior years um, and so I, I think that's a great place to start and it's really important to and I didn't you know like Andrew and I were, were talking I didn't realize becoming a business owner meant that things like your personal credit history and your credit scores are something that will be that will play a factor in in the the financial health and and aspect of your company as you get started. You do need to circle the wagons around this, especially if you're wondering how do I grow my business to do bid bonds and be able to really play with the big guys. It's really important. I mean, from a construction level, you know, if you're a smaller contractor that's out there that says, "Oh, dang, I need to submit a bid bond," there are programs out there, such so like quick application programs that allow access for, I've seen single limits go up to $750,000 single project, right? And uh, obviously dependent on what your personal uh, credit is, because if we're not running it off of your financial statements, we're running it off your personal credit score, right? So I think, you know, what the people's experience on their credit is based off of two things, their experience in buying a house and their experience in buying a car. Right. So they, they get their reports back and then they say, OK, well, my interest rate is this because my credit score is this. Well, from a, a very broad level, that's exactly how it's looked at from all aspects from the construction industry as well. Right. So not just for surety, but, you know, your bank, but then also suppliers. Right. So if you want to be the most profitable that you can be, you want your credit score to be where it needs to be, because there's uh, credit extensions from suppliers that are available to you if you have good credit. And it's important for you to work on that. Now, what is, it it does become a bit mind numbing and and a little intimidating is the amount of time it takes for some of this stuff to roll off your credit, right? So it takes a long time. And it's just like, well, I mean, that's, you know, seven years from now and, you know, I I, I can't wait that long. Well, you know, yes, it's a long time. Um, But at the end of the day, there's no shortcut in fixing your your personal credit. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Of course, there's those commercials right now that are going, you know, in, in, increase your credit score by 30 points in 30 minutes or whatever. And, you know, it, while yeah, there are some tricks to the trade in that sense, such as cleaning up what maybe some inaccuracies on your report, all that can be done yourself. And it's just knowing what to do, knowing who to contact. And there's a lot of information on that. Um, so, you know, and just some timelines for some people here. So delinquencies remain on your credit report for seven years. So if you have a delinquency in payments, that's going to sit on your credit score for seven years. And it's going to 
obviously affect it. Most public record items remain on your credit report for seven years as well, although some bankruptcies may remain for 10 years. Um, and then inquiries on your report stay there for two years. So if you're, you go into a car dealership and they run your credit and you decide not to buy that car, well, that, that inquiry on your report is going gonna, is gonna to stick for two years. Now, there are some soft touch credit reporting systems, so I think it's a really good idea to ask the, per the person who's making the inquiry on your report as to what strength of report are they pulling. Right, and uh, to dive further into the construction world, the requirement for subcontractor pre-qualification is becoming more and more of a hot item. And uh, a, a big aspect to that is personal credit reporting. Just like if you're a subcontractor going to work for a GC, and I would, I would venture to say that a majority of the subcontractors listening to this have filled out some sort of pre-qual at some point. And um, you know, the, the personal credit aspect is pulled. And you know, then, then you also have the, the legal reports that are being pulled, right? So all of these things need to be considered when, when you're laying down the foundation. It's not identifying that you, you pull a number out of the sky for a line of credit. You need to understand why. You need to understand why you're in business. You need to understand what your strategy is to be, to be successful. And you know, the, the resources that Yvonne had mentioned, uh, local resources, ask for help. That's, that's the best thing you can do. And, and you know, Yvonne has been fortunate enough to have a lot of friendly competition to, to help her guide along, you know, guys that we know really well that have been through it, understand, and um, are, are successful. So they're like, you know, this is how, how it's laid out. This is what you can expect. Reach out anywhere that you can find it. And I think a lot of times, you know, business owners get so wrapped up into what, what they're doing personally that there's, they're afraid to ask for that help or they're you know, whatever's getting in the way of them asking for help. And at the end of the day, that's, that's really what it's all about. Okay, so with all of this, let's just do like a fun little exercise. Imagine there's a contractor that is doing projects that are like fifty, dollars $150,000. Uh, the bank account, it's chicken some months and it's feathers the others just because of just seasonal income or whatnot. And they're really, they're going like, okay, well, how can I play the game better? What are like... What, like, when you were designing your business, Yvonne, what were, like, this, what was this kind of checklist that was super important to you? And you're like, you know what, with everything I've learned, these are some of the best practices that I can make to avoid a lot of the problems that I've heard, that I've seen other people experience, or that I kind of know is um, a great way to really navigate growing a business past the $300,000 mark per project. Uh, so one of the one of the main things is um, your financial oversight of your company, uh, how you're tracking your revenue and your expenses and your income, um, the accounting part of it. Essentially, it's it. You don't want to get. You don't want to get. You don't want to find yourself having to get it all together at the last minute because now you're trying to apply for a credit line of credit or you're, you know, you've got to submit your taxes or things like that. Um, it's really something that you have to get going from day one. You have to have a plan of how you're going to have that structured up, Stru not only structured, but how you're going to maintain it and keep up to date with those records. Um, you know, just 
putting receipts in a little envelope only will go so far. I mean, you've really got to be able to track those. You've got to have them, um, you know, have a, a good way of, of recording those things because you never know as well. You you might get audited and you want to make sure you've got those records and and be able to demonstrate a way of, of um, um you know, the way you manage those types of things. I, I've gone so far as to have a mail log sheet. So if I receive mail for Addison Prime, I say, okay, I received our bank statement on this date. Um, and, you know, just, and I, you know, I'll just put there, Yvonne received it. Because as you continue to grow, you know, you want to have those types of processes in place because you never know when somebody else is going to be now in charge of checking the mail for the company and be able to, to, Make sure you don't lose important documents because you don't want the bank to say, well, we mailed this letter to you and we're expecting, you know, a, res- a response and, and you have to go back and say, well, I never received it. And then lo and behold, yes, somebody received it. They just didn't know what to do with it and just stuck it in a bin somewhere. <laughs> so it's just kind of even those little tiny things of understanding how you, you're managing all of these little moving pieces um, before it becomes too big to, that it becomes overwhelming. Um, so I definitely think it's the financial part. The other part is your s- scope of services. What is your core to your com- to your business? What is your core service? Your core product that you're um, you're providing to to the universe. And the reason why is because you really want to keep a handle on the scope of that because you it'll be it can become very easy to start growing and expanding and adding new uh, adjacencies to your your that core business but it needs to be done in a way that makes sense so you don't want to go and you know be building um, car dealerships and then the next day say well now I think we can go into selling cars well how does that make you know how does that make sense maybe it would make sense to grow but you have to be able to tell the story of how you get there because um, Otherwise, you're going to be setting yourself up for failure. Um, and I think that's a lot of, of what what can really become hindering or, you know, going down some dark paths is expanding on your core services or your core products in ways that don't really make sense. And they sound like great ideas. Mm-hmm. They sound like great opportunities to start bringing in more <laughs> revenue. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be finding yourself so broad and so thin mm-hmm. in supporting all of these different things that you're very mediocre at a lot of things. Yes. You want to be really great at a couple of things. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. Yeah. We need to make sure, like as a business owner, contractor, you know, make you know put your business plan together you know face the reality do some introspection on on yourself and and your company and work on that because that is so so important dive into your personal credit i know it's not fun yeah you know nobody likes to go on experian and look at their credit score and you have that little pit in in your stomach of like oh dang what's it gonna say (laughs) yeah you know so i mean i think it's you know i i you know the the bringing Yvonne on today you know I know I know that she's going to bring in a lot of really great aspects of especially when it comes to asking for support because you know having seen Addison Prime from the start and where where it's going 
you know, the, the support of the network is really what has got us, got Yvonne where she needs to be, right? And uh, it has got, I know it's got us on the right track just from my own experience in working with contractors day to day. You know, so I, I do feel good about, about how it's laid out. So, you know, if there's any contractors that are listening that are interested in any additional information as far as resources from the San Antonio area, we'll have some information on the show notes. But if you're anywhere else in any other city, reach out to us directly um you know like follow comment on on the uh on the podcast themselves reach out to us let us know i want to add um just just a really quick thing about um the business plan because i know that part can feel very intimidating um if you go online and you start looking at these templates and just the type of information they're looking for for me what helped me i'm a visual person so i actually started and i built my business plan in PowerPoint. I built it visually, like the company visually, and then went backwards and added the detail to it in the business plan. And I saved the executive summary for the very end because that's really the the overarching, you know, elevator speech of your company. But if you once you put all the details together, it's much easier to go back and say, okay, now I can take a step back and I can summarize all of this. And so, um, you know, don't don't feel like you just have to open up Microsoft Word and start typing away find a way that works best for you to put it together and get started in a way that's comfortable for you. So it's, you know, doing it a little piece by piece. Um, you know, if you, you want to take it in, in phases uh, and build it that way, it doesn't have to happen overnight. And the other thing is, uh, yes, it's important to re- refresh your business plan once a year, but I wouldn't recommend waiting for a particular day on the calendar to do it. I would be thinking about your business plan every day. It's it's that that it's the 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 storybook of your business it's that that you know the meat of of what you are um, as a company and so you're going to be all all along you know that year you're going to be encountering situations and information and things that you might that might be beneficial to to bolster your business plan or or add to it and just sort of be filing those things away and and kind of keep finding some time along the way to update your business plan when it, when it makes sense so it doesn't feel overwhelming that you have to sit sit and wait until December 1st and start doing it so it's ready by June January 1st um, come up with with a strategy to doing that and and Andrew mentioned um, you know t- doing an introspective on, on your company and one of the things you'll see in the business plan and, and w- I've done a number of times in, in other organizations and, and professionally in my professional background um, is a SWOT analysis your strengths your weaknesses your opportunities and your threats your strengths and weaknesses are things that you look internally to your company and your opportunities and threats are things that affect your company externally where are opportunities for you to grow and where are the threats out there and the threats don't necessarily mean your competitors it could be something like you know if you operate in a in a place where you have you in, you see a lot of inclement weather throughout the year well how does that affect your business how does that affect your ability to to construct projects or, or do things when you know that there's going to be seasonal changes that you're going to have to um, you know plan around those are threats to your your company, you know, what you're doing as a business. So think about it, be, you know, think about it in, in a more holistic view than just, you know, um, specific to, uh, you know, a competitor or something like that. 
So. Yeah, that's great. It's it's it is. It's so much more than just inspecting what you expect. It's really planning. We will put all of Yvonne's contact information in the show notes. There are these resources. She agreed to do this just to share, you know, share information, share resources, places where you can get help. And uh, and then there's always the idea of connecting with her through LinkedIn or, of course, Drew, because uh, that can go a long way in terms of really um, introductions and maybe going to an event or two that could help you in your business. So uh, with that, Drew, anything before we close it out? That's good. Just like, comment and share. Look, we, we help us keep the lights on. Help us keep uh, <laughs> keeping the, uh, the these interviews coming because you know I, I enjoy learning about all this, and I, I know that we're bringing great value to the industry. So, thank you for all those that have listened, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace out.